0: Eureka by John Thomas, Volume 1, Chapter 2, Section 1, Part 6, The Paradise of the Deity The wood of the formative spirit life is to stand in the midst of the paradise of the deity. This word paradise is merely a transfer from one language to another. That is, it is not translated. It is originally a Persian word, transferred from that tongue to the Hebrew, and from the Hebrew to the Greek, and from the Greek to the English. In the perso hebraic form, it is pardes, and occurs in Nehemiah 2 verse 8, where one Asaph is designated as the keeper of the pardes which belongs to the king of Persia, that is, a pardes in Palestine, from which the king authorised Nehemiah to take timber to make beams for the gates of the palace, and so forth. It is evident from this that a pardes was a tract of land containing trees from which timber might be hewn. In the English version, it is translated by the word forest. The word occurs in two other places of the scriptures. First, in Ecclesiastes 2 verse 5. Here Solomon says, I made for myself gardens and pardecim, and I planted trees in them of all fruits. I made me pools of waters, to irrigate with these the wood making the trees to grow in the english version pardesim is rendered orchards from this text it is easy to perceive what pardesim were understood to be in solomon's time they were tracts of land planted with all kinds of fruit trees and irrigated with streams of water to make the trees productive The third place where the word occurs is in Songs 4, verse 13. The passage reads thus. A garden enclosed is my sister bride, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Thy sprouts are a pardace of pomegranate trees, with fruits of most pleasant ones, cypress flowers with spikenards, spikenard and saffron, canamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the chief of the spices, a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters, and streams from Lebanon. The literal of this exhibits a pardace as a very beautiful enclosure, and illustrates the sort of garden our first parents were placed in at the beginning. Speaking of this, Moses says, Yahweh Elohim planted a garden in Eden of the east, and Yahweh Elohim made to grow out of the ground every tree that is pleasant to the sight and good for food, and a tree of the lives in the midst of the garden, and a tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden, for to water the garden. And from thence it was divided, and became into four heads, the name of the first, Pishon, that encompassing the whole region of Havilah, where there is gold, and the gold of that region is good. There is the pearl and stone of the onyx. And the name of the second river, Gihon, that encompassing the whole region of Cush. And the name of the third river, hidekel that flowing eastward of Ashur. and the fourth river, the Euphrates, Genesis 2 verse 8. From these examples, we may know what the Hebrews understood by a pardes, namely, a tract of land, well watered, and abounding with choice trees, pleasant to the eyes, and yielding luscious fruits and fragrant flowers, and rich in gold, and pearls, and precious stones. The Greeks called the Hebrew and Persian paradise. by the word paradesos, which has been transferred into our language, and anglicised by changing asos into ice, and so making paradise. The Hebrews were instructed out of the law and the prophets. Hence all the truth they believed was in harmony with these writings, while all their errors obtained place in their minds by adopting the speculations of the heathen, and thinking after their own vain conceits as Jews and Gentiles do at this day. Corrupted as they were by myths and traditions, they never imagined paradise to be the grave or Sheol, or Hades, or some ethereal region beyond the solar system, or in the skies. It remained for the reverend and learned dunces of the Nicolaitan apostasy to proclaim this marvellous absurdity. The Jews knew what paradise signified, for they were taught it in glowing terms by many of the prophets. Instructed by these, They knew that the area of paradise belonged to the country styled Eden. When Moses wrote the passage quoted above, he was westward in the wilderness of the land of Egypt. He says, Yahweh Elohim planted a garden in Eden of the east. This region was so named because of the delightful and pleasant character of the land and climate. From eden delight pleasure eden was a part of the east as ohio is a part of the west it was quite an extensive range of country and in after times became the seat of powerful dominions it appears to have been well watered by the tributaries to a river that flowed out of eden these were four principal streams the Koaspis, the Gindes, the Hidekel and Euphrates. The Hiddekel, Moses says, is eastward of Asher, that is eastward of Nimrod's original settlements between the Tigris and Euphrates. The Koaspis, or Pishon, flows down from Media, and the Gindes, or Gihon, is the river of Kushistan. These four rivers water the Eden of the East, and flowing out of it in a confluence of waters, empty themselves at length into the Persian Gulf. This country, in after ages, came to be denominated the Garden of Yahweh, and the powers reigning in it, the Trees of Eden. It came, doubtless, to be styled Yahweh's garden as a whole from the fact of his having in the beginning planted a garden in it for Adam and Eve, so that the name of a small part of Eden came to be applied by his family in the time of Abraham and his posterity to the whole region, more especially as the prophets of their race testify that the future paradise is to occupy a considerable portion of its ancient limits. That the Holy Land is a part of the Eden of the East appears from certain prophecies of Ezekiel. In setting forth the certainty of the overthrow of Pharaoh, king of Egypt, by the king of Babylon, the Spirit recapitulates the power and dominion Of The Ninevite dynasty of Assyria, which, however, was not able to withstand the king of Babylon, the mighty one of the heathen. And therefore, there was no hope for Egypt of a successful resistance. In the recapitulation, the Ninevite Assyrian is styled a cedar in Lebanon, that is, his dominion extended over the land of the ten tribes of Israel, in which are the cedar-crowned mountains of Lebanon. After describing the greatness of his power by the magnitude of the cedar, the Spirit saith, The cedars in the garden of Elohim could not hide him, nor was any tree in the garden of Elohim like to him in his beauty. I made him fair by the multitude of his branches, so that all the trees of Eden in the garden of the Elohim envied him. Chapter 31, verses 3, 8 and 9. These trees were the royalties of Mesopotamia, Syria, Israel and so forth, which the kings of Assyria had abolished. Isaiah 37, verses 11 to 13, and which could not hide him, or prevent him getting the ascendancy over them. It is clear, then, from the terms of this beautiful allegory, that the countries I have indicated were parts of the Eden of the East, that as a whole it is styled the Garden of the Elohim, and that the trees are the royalties of the land." That Eden extended to the Mediterranean, or Great Sea, appears from Ezekiel's prophecy against Tyre. Addressing this power, he says, "...Thou hast been in Eden, a garden of Elohim. Thou hast been upon the holy mountain of Elohim. Thou wast perfect in thy ways, from the day thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. Therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of Elohim. Thou shalt be a terror, and nothing of thee during the olam. Chapter 28, verses 13 to 19. The meaning of this is obvious to one acquainted with the history of the kingdom of Tyre. It was a royalty of Palestine in Upper Galilee, whose king Hiram was in intimate alliance with Solomon. He appears to have been a proselyte of Judaism, which his successors, sometime afterwards, abandoned. And therefore, Yahweh Tzveoth suppressed the kingdom of Tyre by Nebuchadnezzar for seventy years, and, for the rest of the Olam, by the Greeks. Eden has been a field of blood, from the beginning of the contest between the seed of the woman and the seed of the serpent, until now, and will yet continue to be, until the serpent power be broken upon the mountains of Israel. It was in Eden that Abel died by the hand of Cain. There also Abel's antitype was wounded in the heel, when he was made a curse his brethren by hanging upon a tree, Galatians 3 verse 13. And lastly, to fill up the measure of the iniquity of the blood-defiled land, the serpents of Israel slew the son of Barachus between the temple and the altar. But the blood of the saints shed in Eden did not cry to him in vain for vengeance, For as the Lord Jesus predicted, so it came to pass. Behold, said he, to the generation of vipers, I send you prophets and wise men and scribes, and some of them ye will kill and crucify, and some of them ye will scourge in your synagogues and persecute from city to city, that upon you may come all the righteous blood shed upon the land, from the blood of righteous Abel, unto the blood of Zacharias the son of Barachus whom ye will slay between the temple and the altar. Matthew 18 verse 35.